Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Lance Moore has supported Independent Tech News Directly for five years. Be like Lance. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, February 14th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From the shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert Young. And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. From the shore, I never thought of that. You're right. Huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, shores of Lake Merritt. Not really. Is. I mean, I guess there is a shore. I can sort walk of. to. Yeah. I, I, can, I, I can walk to where there is a granular earth. <laughs> There's a place water. where water meets meets land. Yeah. 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 It is, it's, it's also <laughs> only shin deep, if I recall correctly. The uh, entire lake? Really? No, love. <laughs> Yeah, oh. on this on Valentine's Day, we've taken this moment to reveal that indeed it only goes shindy. <laughs> Love is only shindy. <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to talk. We're actually going to follow up. We've got a little bit of new information, some new theories about Apple's uh, news subscription service. Uh, so we'll follow up with that in a bit. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Apple said Thursday it will resume selling older iPhone models in its German stores. iPhone 7 and 8 models were banned last year due to a patent infringement ruling in favor of Qualcomm. In order to comply with the ruling, Apple said it had no choice but to stop using modem chips from Intel in phones that are headed to Germany now. Those phones will contain Qualcomm's C modem chips instead. Canalyst reports that 32% of smartphone shipments in Europe in 2018 were from Chinese manufacturers, mostly from Huawei. Samsung finished the year out on top in Europe with 28.7% of the market down 1% over 2017. Apple was second with 26% down 5.1%. Huawei stormed into third with 23.6% up 55.7%. And Xiaomi rose 62% to take fourth at 6% of the market. And HMD Global, a.k.a. the seller of the Nokia brand, had 2.4%, pulling in at 
Number five. Just, yeah, stuff to keep in mind when you're thinking about how this all works. Sources tell Nikkei that Google plans to release a lower-priced smartphone this year and moving quickly to take advantage of disappointing iPhone sales. Also trying to get on these lists of top-selling phone makers, which they're generally not on. Google's new phone is said to be priced lower than Apple's iPhone XR. Uh, the XR starts at $749. The latest Pixel line released last October starts right now at $799. So that would be a, a significant price Reduction, reduction. Other products planned for this year include smart speakers, wearables, and web cameras, according to the sources, plus a new premium phone in the Pixel lineup if you're worried about that. All right, let's talk a little bit about Amazon following through on the reports that they would, in fact, change their single headquarters in three locations to be a single headquarters in two locations. Mm, you hate to see people break up on V-Day, Tom, but ah. Amazon <laughs> has indeed canceled plans to build a corporate campus in New York City. The campus was set for Long Island City, Queens, and Amazon claimed it would create more than 25,000 jobs in the area and sought nearly $3 billion in state and city incentives. Several local lawmakers criticized uh, providing subsidies, and Amazon said because of that opposition, it cannot, quote, uh, uh, create the type of relationships that are required to go forward with the project, end quote. Uh, one of the, the best analysis of this, if you really want to dig into it, is from Jonathan Schaber over at uh, TechCrunch, uh, where he points out kind of everybody loses here. Uh, there could have been a win-win where Amazon relented on some of the subsidies and and promised better behavior than maybe it has exhibited in Seattle, where there's a lot of criticism about what it does to its neighborhood there, where it's located, uh, and and actually provided jobs. Uh, it, there's no doubt that Amazon would have provided jobs. And even with the subsidies, most people agreed that it would end up making the city money. Uh, the objection was just like, why should we give them this this money to begin with? It would be good for them to be here. But instead, Amazon has pulled out. My, my guess is, I wonder if Amazon's still planning on going back to New York, if this is just hardball negotiations, because they are not saying we're going to move this somewhere else. They're saying, no, it's just gone. We're not even going to do a second. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're, they've already invested into Northern Virginia and Nashville, and they say, all right, well, we'll just put more effort into that. This kind of reminds me of, well, back in the day now when Twitter got uh, intensive tax breaks from the city of San Francisco to move into that beautiful downtown revitalized area, hoping to be anyway, um, huge building. And, you know, at first it was sort of like, wow, this is great. We're going to we're going to change the neighborhood. And I actually lived in that neighborhood and I could see signs of gentrification. Not all of it bad, but definitely not all of it good either. So the local lawmakers in New York who were worried about how Amazon might change the landscape of Long Island City in general, but also, hey, you got 25,000 new jobs. That sounds great on paper, but it's always more complicated than that. I think that history has given them reason for concern. Uh, uh, two, two things. Number one, I think Amazon did a very, very bad job of PR in this case. They did not lay out and uh, explain the benefits of why them coming to New York was going to be a big benefit. The, the narrative was cast by activists and local lawmakers and by local lawmakers. I don't mean Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo of, uh, uh the governor of New York, but rather, uh, uh, people in Queens and Long Island city, they said, look, there's no review. There's no oversight. They've just moved in here, gotten a sweetheart deal by people above us and everybody else is going to be there to pay the bill. 
it also might be the end of the bachelor style uh, of, hey, cities, who's going to cut us the biggest, fattest check uh, uh, for uh, the, the, the lords of tech to move in to your neighborhood? I, I don't know how much longer on, at this <laughs> level uh, they can. Is be- that what bachelors <laughs> do? Well, I was thinking more of the show, The Bachelor. Uh, you oh, know, okay. Been giving out their roses to yeah. anybody that might. Bill De Blasio care. gave Amazon a rose, is what Justin. Yeah, said. yeah. yeah. It, I think it. yeah. Bill De Blasio certainly was pretty quick to spend, uh, uh, you know, uh, spend his time in the overnight suite. If you catch my drift, uh, <laughs> and 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 next thing you know, uh, I, I guess. Tech companies can't expect to walk in and be at least showered in hosannas uh, uh, as they bring their headquarters. And, and Google, who uh, is not uh, have a hard time attracting controversy, uh, is expanding. They announced back in December. KV in our Discord reminded us they announced back in December they're expanding in New York. Uh, and they are able to do it in a way that is not inciting this kind of opposition. So I think Justin, they, they, they've also been in New York for a little while. So, yeah. so well, having, Amazon has too. But not... Not, no, yeah, Google yeah. is sort of like and, in and Google, the Chelsea Google, neighborhood. I would argue that Google way. didn't do a nationwide campaign calling attention to itself when it decided to expand in New York. Or, and, and we also don't know if they asked for subsidies. And, right, and, and I don't think they that, have. Yeah. That's the big, the big thing. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, Wired's Tom Simonite reports that OpenAI, which was founded by Elon Musk and Sam Altman in order to give away new AI discoveries, has developed something... They don't feel safe giving away. The system was designed to learn patterns of language and scores better on reading comprehension tests than any other automated system we've seen so far anyway. But it's the ability of the system to generate text that feels real that has OpenAI little concerned. A research paper was published, but not the full model or the training data. Google has also put constraints on sharing AI research over fear of misuse. Yeah. So, uh, Roger, you pointed out uh, in our prep meeting that this this feels like uh, AI might have a version of virus uh, research where certain things have to be kept uh, behind uh, a safety wall and only certain people allowed to research them. Yeah, I think what was so disconcerting to the researchers was that this AI was ability to learn, but also generate text in a way that was believable. And although a majority of the text was pretty obviously machine generated, there were a few instances where it came out and it's like you would be hard pressed to distinguish that from perhaps a human uh, with, you know, at least high school level skills of writing. And um, they decided not to publish the, the, the model that they used to develop the AI, nor did they want to release all the information, all the inputs, so the web pages, books, uh, newspaper head, uh, newspaper articles and stuff that they used to train it because they were afraid that people would use this and then maybe turn around and generate uh, a troll bot or something else, or something far worse uh, that would people would have a hard time distinguishing between uh, what was real and what was fake. And, and ba- yeah, basically it's a fake news worry. And it's, it's not so much that it would generate fake news. People can generate fake news. It's the rapidity and and the volume of it that it could generate mm-hmm. that they I think they were worried could cause. Yeah, it. I think we we can all think of content farm types of articles that sometimes you get to by accident and you read it, you go, "What in the heck? this is this doesn't even make any sense. This is bad writing," and uh, that that's been going on for a long time. But but yes, to to be able to ramp that up in a way where it's like the AI is smart, but 
a little off and perhaps could be used for nefarious reasons, depending on who might be using it, is is it is is a is a concern. I wonder where we go from here, knowing that the technology exists, but that it can't be given to people with you know it can't be put in the wrong hands. Yeah, uh, increasing amount of attention being uh, paid to ethics uh, with AI, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, like meat for orcs, the EU copyright directive is back on the menu. The trilogue negotiations have agreed to keep Article 11, the snippets rule, and Article 13, the upload filter rule. Final version of Article 11 will require any site of any size that reproduces more than single words or very short extracts of news stories to get a license. Article 13 requires commercial sites and apps to make best efforts to buy licenses for anything a user might upload and prevent unlicensed works from being uploaded. The law doesn't call for a filter, but filters are probably the best way to do this. The final text now returns to the EU Council and the EU Parliament for approval starting Monday, February 18th, with a vote by the EU Parliament's Legal Affairs Committee. A plenary vote of the Parliament is expected in late March or early April, a few weeks before EU parliamentary elections. And by the way, if you think this is just a European thing, India is seeking public comment on proposed rules that, among other things, would require internet companies to screen and prevent publication of unlawful information or content so prior restraint upload filters are all the rage and there's going to be a big battle including companies or uh, uh, um, i'm sorry organizations like the premier league and ifp the music organization in europe against these article 11 and article 13 requirements here yeah, I mean, the, 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 as you mentioned, this is a worldwide question as Internet uh, uh, becomes not only an aspect of discourse and business, but synonymous with all discourse and business. Uh, uh, I, I think we are kind of at a crossroads we, uh, on whether or not we want to mop up the mess after people make it or we want to hold these companies liable before we even start. And it's something that I think is strange to us. Because we've sort of, uh, 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 you know, watched the Internet flourish under, you know, uh, safe harbor guidelines. Yeah, agreed. J.B. Morgan has created its own blockchain-based cryptocurrency to help settle payments between clients of its wholesale payments business. J.P. Morgan hopes it can reduce risk and enable instant transfers. JPM coins will each be worth $1 and will only be available to the company's retail customers to be used with each other over the JP Morgan Quorum blockchain. Customers must be approved by regulators to use Quorum in order to avoid money laundering. All blockchain nodes on Quorum are operated by JP Morgan. In a related move, Ant Financial, operators of Alipay, uh, is buying a 15 year old payment processor, World First, which is based in London. World First lets businesses and people move money between countries at prices lower than regular banks. So everybody wants to be in this retail money movement situation because if you can make it faster and cheaper, you can make more money off of it. Uh, JP Morgan wants to do it with blockchain, although a lot of blockchain experts criticize this saying JP Morgan could do this with a database and some servers and it would still be faster and instantaneous. Uh, they just wanted to put blockchain in their press release. JP Morgan says, no, we couldn't have done that because of regulations. Whereas if we use blockchain and change it into JPM coins, we can still meet regulations regulatory requirements, but do some things we couldn't do if they were actual dollars. Uh, I don't know but enough about fintech to say if JP Morgan is wrong, but it certainly doesn't hurt that they can put blockchain in a press release. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would be inclined to believe them there that uh, uh, obviously their most of their uh, business needs to always think of how are we meeting or not meeting regulatory concerns. Yeah. And, so. and, and honestly, uh, you know, blockchain is can be pretty efficient. This isn't really like a Bitcoin situation. No, though. JP Morgan's no. running all the servers, right? Although I will say that, that, that this does show a little bit of what I believe will be the future of blockchain technology. They don't always have to be what, you know, a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. Is. Yeah. The JPM coin is really just a, a tracking token. Yeah. Well, guys, we're in a pre-order windstorm, if you will. Getting a little ridiculous. Samsung has a page up where you can pre-order the next Galaxy device that you, quote, no is coming. So let's assume they're talking about the Galaxy S10, which is expected to be announced February 20th. You have until that day to reserve the right to place an order. After the announcement, you'll have 72 hours after the device goes on sale to place that order and get priority. Delivery is expected by March 8th while supplies last. So it's not really a pre-order you can do right now. It's the reservation of the right to make a pre-order in the first 72 hours in order to Seinfeld hopefully good. get in yeah. line to get it by March 8th. You're reserving your reservation, Ugh. essentially. Next year, I expect... How bad do you want that S10? <laughs> the pre-reservation reservation line to make a reservation to make a pre-order. Sure, this, yeah. This is great. We're, we're in a weird place. Uh, and obviously, Samsung loves their features, and they obviously love their features not only in their hardware, but also now in their reservations for their hardware. But uh, uh, it is interesting because this did not come at a time when... The idea of I need to get the phone and it's sold out for months it is, is as much of a concern as it might have been, you know, five, yeah. six years ago. I mean, the smartphone market in general is stagnating, right? And Sure. There, uh, I mean, there's, usually, there, there's plenty of phones. The, the question is whether or not I want to spend this amount yeah. of money on a phone more so than, oh, I got to make sure I camp out or I'm going to pay somebody to wait in line. So kind of a psycho- day one. It's a psychological trick for Samsung's most devoted customers to make sure they order it, right? Get in line first. Be sure you want to make sure you're first. Get in here and, and and commit. And then once you've made that reservation, you're more likely to follow through and order it than if you try to order it in the first 72 hours and you can't get through because everything's jammed and then you give up and choose something else. Also, who would want to, specifically in how rich and often uh, Android phones uh, uh, come out, and if you are in the Samsung ecosystem, that's a different story. But I would say just wait. You know, It's not like it's not going to be there. Yeah, tell that to any fan of any. Right, right. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess I just assume I, that, that that's the one real great, the great benefit of being outside of the iOS ecosystem is that there's a lot of players that continue to make new and cool stuff. And you oftentimes don't know exactly how awesome it is until people get their hands on it. But yeah. it also speaks to brand loyalty. And we had this conversation Certainly. recently on a DTNS episode where for, for, for reasons that sometimes make sense and sometimes might not make a lot of sense, people have brand loyalty. And so the Samsung folks... A lot of uh, poor, a lot of them yeah. will play into this, and so go marketing team. Poor, yeah, poor Samsung folks. I'm sure that they are over the moon for it, and I'm probably overstating how much people are willing to go from a Samsung to a Pixel to another uh, version of uh, Android. All right, folks, if you want to keep up uh, every day in, in a fast, we have, we're, we're like Windows. We, we have fast and slow releases. This is the, the slow release. We've got a fast release called Daily Tech Headlines. You can get the headlines in less than five minutes. Go subscribe right now at dailytechheadlines.com. 
Okay, yesterday we mentioned the BuzzFeed report that said sources told it Apple would announce a news subscription service, uh, among other things, a video subscription service as well, uh, based on texture. Remember, Apple acquired Texture, which was a news subscription service, and that news subscription service is expected to be announced on March 25th. Now, this is all from sources. Apple hasn't said anything. It would cost customers $9.95 for all access to any participating newspaper or magazine. So you as a customer, you spend $10 a month, you get to read everything that's participating in the platform. And Apple keeps 50% of the revenue. And we talked a little bit yesterday about like, wow, that's a lot different than the 30% they keep from apps, uh, the 15% they keep from subscriptions after the first year. Writing for Recode yesterday evening, Peter Kafka, uh, he's been around this business for a while. He knows what he's talking about. Says he thinks he's figured out the logic behind Apple's give us half your revenue pitch to news publishers uh, by talking to a bunch of industry sources off the record. Uh, he went around and, and pulled his sources and said, why are they doing this? Why would publishers sign on to this? Many publishers, and I quote Kafka here, think Apple will sign up many millions of people to the new service, and they'd rather have a smaller percentage of a bigger number than a bigger chunk of a smaller number. Kafka says one publishing executive told him it's the absolute dollars paid out that matters, not the percentage. And it's Apple's promise to market this and drive subscribers that is attractive to these smaller publishers. That also explains why very large publishers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal, who are doing fairly well with their successful paywalls these days might be less enthusiastic to hand over 50% because they don't see as much of a marginal increase coming. It's very similar to why Netflix doesn't join the TV app or Netflix isn't a prime video add-on. Uh, they see they don't see the value in in giving part of their income to somebody else. Now, points to note, Texture, which this is based on, used to pay 10% of its revenues to its owner operators and 50% to outside publishers, and it was all paid out by usage. So the model Apple's using is just the Texture model. They haven't changed it. Uh, with Apple in charge, everybody gets 50% because Apple isn't publishing anything in there. Uh, publishers keep 100% of the ad revenue. So you can also see a lift if Apple's going to bring in a bunch of new subscriber to your advertising revenue. And unlike an app store, Apple's running the platform. A lot of people compare this and say, hey, you only get 30% uh, taken out if you run an app, but that's because you have to create the app. Apple's creating the app and the platform and everything. Apple's signing up the subscribers here. Uh, they are not making you do it. They're processing the payments. Unlike Facebook's news outreach, which let publishers keep all their revenue, Apple is selling the subscriptions here, so they're doing some work for you. And Apple Music uh, is just like this, although Apple Music pays 70% to its music owners, so that's a whole different industry, I guess. Uh, Justin, what do, you, what do you make of this? I, I think Kafka's uh, information here is, is pretty reliable, and, and I can imagine smaller publishers saying, hey, you know what? A subscription boost is really what we need. Ah, friends, join me as I take you down a very brief history of the hapless misadventures of the newspaper industry trying to monetize the Internet. Uh, uh, <laughs> remember, folks, that companies like Tribune, Gannett, the massive Hearst, the, the, the massive newspaper uh, uh, publishers, uh, even uh, up through the late 90s, had tremendous capital and tremendous sway and primarily made their money uh, subsidizing their, their, you know, through print subscriptions and classified advertising and display advertising. A lot of which came through like auto sales, right? 
So what did the newspapers do when they were at a position of strength, when they watched Craigslist uh, uh, slowly uh, eat away at their classifieds market? Did they start investing in new online solutions for classifieds? Did they figure out a way that they could more directly sell cars to the people that had already been uh, uh, plugged into their news cycle? No, they did nothing. They put their head in the sand and they uh, uh, put all of their stuff online for free and they eventually began to lament why everybody stopped buying newspapers and started reading everything online then came the paywalls which were way priced way too high and oftentimes even for the new york times were thinly veiled ways that they could just get you to buy a paper we swear to god just buy a paper and we'll give you something online for free the good news is that the tide is high for news right now we have a very contentious political climate that has driven people beyond the paywall they uh the, the sun is high and they are and they are uh, uh, reaping the rewards of a good news environment the question that apple is bringing to them is the same as you asking well why would these news uh these news outlets give 50 percent to apple why would a retailer sell in walmart because walmart which takes an onerous level of uh, uh, what you would normally get in any kind of wholesale agreement can guarantee that you are going to move a lot more units. Apple, what Apple is wanting to do right now is put forward the most high profile. And I would suspect because it's a very low bar to clear articulate and exciting offer to consumers on why they should pay for news. This has never been done. And if you really see how well the Washington Post decided to do it uh, uh, you know, with their Super Bowl ad, it's not like they're very good at pitching that to people uh, of now beyond the very solemn journalist die, please buy our newspaper, uh, which is not exactly, I think, the retail excitement pitch that you would want to do <laughs> or necessarily survivable. Let's say that there is a very boring time in politics that is just around the corner. And now people want are, are less in tune to uh, pay for something that because they need to know the next thing that happens by the second. So I would say the reason why we are seeing a, a hold back on some of the big players is that they are afraid to burn their hand on a stove they think is hot. I do think that they have taken bad deals in the past by tech companies, up to and including Facebook, which basically said, hey, guess what? We'll pay you money as long as you uh, put time and effort into bringing people on to our platform. And then we'll figure out this whole ad thing. Uh, uh, And they effectively cannibalized a lot of their own ability to sell display ads. Uh, I think that was a bad deal. This. I don't I'm not convinced that it is. I think it's a pretty good it's a pretty good deal in that once they've set that precedent, news costs money, you should spend money in a value proposition for a user. That's huge for any kind of paywall model. I, I yeah, think the, the other thing to add to this is the New York Times. We reported this on DTNS a, a few weeks ago. The New York Times is doing well. It's making money. Uh, now. So why would they now want to hand over 50% to Apple? They're like, hey, you know what? We're doing all right. Maybe maybe you could give us a smaller cut, which Apple doesn't do. I'm sorry, Sarah. What well, are you going to say? Oh, it's okay. I, I think you, you bring up the New York Times, which is a good example. And and I had mentioned, yeah, there's a paywall. I don't pay for that. I just run out of articles and then I like find the story on some other publication that doesn't make me pay. A lot of people do that. Not everybody's you know paying subscriptions. You can think about that however you want. 
But for 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 the person like me that the New York Times is not currently going to convert, why not get something out of me with a partnership with Apple? And I think that there are publications that feel like, well, let's see how successful this is, and then we'll get on board later which we've seen with the music industry. Apple has done this before successfully and unsuccessfully in other arenas. But in general, I feel like if you are not going to get somebody to give you a dime otherwise, this is a way to get a little money out of a customer. But this is, but to Tom's point, the New York Times and the Washington Post are doing well now. And you can make the argument to them that like, hey, look, you're making money, but you should really be thinking about what happens if- and The Wall uh, Street uh, Journal's been making money for a while. Now, Wall too, Street Journal so. has. They yeah. have. And 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 they are doing uh that they're they're doing a good job there. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, I think they have been smart. <laughs> They've actually consistently been smart. But then again, they're a, a paper, they're a trade paper for a financial profession, by and large. I mean, not to say that they don't do a lot of other stuff, but like they are a a very reputable older uh base that is. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Used to and excited about paying for stuff. Uh, I don't know if the New York Times is quite that. I sure. don't know if the Washington Post is there when the politics is boring. The things are, this is a bumper crop and they are enjoying it. And I can understand if Apple's coming and saying, hey, start giving us this new thing where we get half of it. They're like, no, the, the riches will never end. It will continue to rain money forever. We'll see. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. This is just one of many topics that you're all very, very uh, enthusiastic about sharing, and we appreciate that. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. 
you know what we need to do? We need to check out Chris Christensen, who's back with some tips for those of us. And I think we're speaking for all of us, at least on this panel, who don't always want to work in one place. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. If you like to travel and yet you find you have not yet won the lottery and therefore still need to work, maybe you need to work remotely. And there are places now that you can look for remote jobs. One of these is remote.co, remote.co, and that will help you find jobs where it is okay to be remote. Now, there may be some limitations in terms of time zones, but when I look right now, there are jobs posted from places like The Wirecutter, Planned Parenthood, American Express and medium. And that is just looking at the technical jobs. There are also non-technical jobs available on some of these websites. So if you're interested in being remote, not necessarily emotionally, but at least physically, check out remote.co. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. If you're, you're traveling to just be for fun, not to work every morning. Check out that. That's good. No, that's, that's excellent. That's very interesting. Hey, listen, you know, we're living in a modern world. It's nice to have some options and yeah. know about where to get resources for those options. Also nice to have is Justin Robert Young on our show today. Justin, what's been going on and how can people keep up with your work? Oh, friends, I, I got a real pitch here for you. Uh, <laughs> many of you who enjoy technology might be down there. The old South by Southwest Interactive coming up at the beginning of March, uh, as we have done for the last several years, Night Attack will be doing a live show. But instead of doing a free live show like we've done in the past, we are stepping things up to a level heretofore unseen. We rent and rented ourselves out a real theater. We are doing a three-hour-long gigantic show, not only featuring a live night attack, but also we're flying in from Las Vegas, uh, the Ice Cream Social podcast. we got live performances by Dual Core and the Possum Posse and special guests yet to be announced. It's jam-packed. Basically, it is a one-day convention where the lobby bar is 6th Street during South By. You're not going to want to miss it. Go ahead and get your tickets right now. Bit.ly slash Night Attack Austin. Again, bit.ly slash night attack austin 18 bucks it's like 19 bucks after the processing fees for under 20 bucks it's uh, a steal a steal friends i hope to see you there excellent i'll be there uh, uh folks if you uh if you like us delivering this tech news analysis uh you can get it for free just subscribe and uh, there's some ads before it that help defray the cost but where we make our money is from people supporting us directly. They get an ad-free version of the show. Uh, they get an editor's desk every week or so from me talking about the issues at a little more depth. They get a column from Roger. Roger had a column today about the golden age of TV, or is it on Patreon? They get Sarah Lane living with products and telling you whether they're worth living with yourself or not. All of that available at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com, and we love your feedback, so don't stop writing us. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Len Peralta illustrating and Patrick Norton as our guest. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business. 
to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.